You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. Happy Tuesday to you. We're going to cover a lot of stuff here on the podcast today. The meat and potatoes of our discussion is going to be based on a sound clip that Brandon Bean gave us in his pre-draft press conference that I'm going to play for you in just a moment so you can be familiar with what he said and how it will apply to the conversation we're going to have about the Bills rookie class of draft picks. And then in segments two and three, we are going to cover the official group of players the Bills signed as undrafted free agents. They also agreed to terms with three different football players on one-year deals. And then there was a handful of tryout players that I want to introduce to you as well. So a loaded Tuesday here on the podcast. Let's start with this sound clip from Brandon Bean. I want you to listen to this, and then we are going to apply that question to all of the Bills draft picks to determine the answer. So listen in. You're, you're looking at this player and all the great things he can do for you, but you do have to ask yourself, uh, what would cause this player to fail? Like what, what scenario in our facility would cause him to fail? And, and if you come away and it's other than an, an injury or something like that, that no one can control, then you feel really confident. And as you go down the draft board, it's, all right, this guy's not as high as some of these other guys, but what trait or traits is he going to overcome? What does he have? Maybe it's intangibles. Like this guy, he's not a height, weight, speed guy, but he's smart. He studies. He's the first guy in the building, and he's going to find a way. And we see those guys all the time that are undrafted players. Uh, Levi Wallace is a great example of a guy who doesn't have all the great traits that first-rounders have, but he's got elite intangibles, want-to, instincts, and when you add that up, he's going to play in this league for a number of years. And it's it's guys like that that, that you try and find in, in the later rounds. We were fortunate to get him as, as a free agent. So we are going to ask ourselves the question for each individual draft pick that the Bills made. What would cause this player to fail? Just like Brandon Bean said, what scenario in the Bills facility would cause him to fail? Obviously, we can't predict injuries like Brandon Bean said, but what trait or traits does he have to overcome, and how is he going to do it? Is it intangibles? He said specifically, some guys lack physical traits, but they have the smarts. They study hard. They work hard. They're the first guy in. That helps them overcome a lack of physical traits. And he mentioned specifically Levi Wallace as an example of that and said that Levi Wallace has elite intangibles, want to, and instincts. So let's go one by one and ask ourselves what is going to cause this player to fail. And of course, we'll start with Gregory Rousseau, the Bills' first round pick. What is going to cause Greg Rousseau, Groot, to fail? I have a couple things written down. Number one, I have that he takes too long to develop and never claims a role. Converted wide receiver slash safety from high school, only one year of experience playing defensive line, 
at the college level, and while he had great production, he's still very new to it, opted out of the 2020 season. Is there a chance that by the time he figures it out, it's too late and he's never able to claim or roll for the Bills? The second thing I have down is that they can't find the right weight and spot to play him in. Is he too lean and lacks coordination to play consistently on the edge? Or if they try to bulk him up and play him primarily in the B-gaps, does he not have enough juice or mass and thickness to his frame for it to make a difference on the inside? Is it just that he's too much of a tweener and doesn't have a natural spot because they're trying to forecast him playing at different weights than he did in the only season he's ever played defensive line? Again, I'm not being predictive here. I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer and toss a wet blanket over all of the Bills draft picks. But I think it's fair to ask ourselves, well, what is the scenario? What could happen that would prohibit this player from being a successful draft pick? And so we are going to look at that side of the coin today. And so you've heard me say all the things that I can about Gregory Rousseau and why he could be a meaningful player for the Bills, but this would be why he would fail. Let's move on to Boogie Basham, the Bills' second-round pick, defensive end from Wake Forest. Have two things written down for him. I said that he's as good as he will ever be right away, and there's no ceiling for him to grow into, You know, meaning that he's a high-floor player, a low-ceiling player, and he's just kind of average and winds up being a replacement-level player. Then I also have written down that he's too much of a tweener that is a misfit at both defensive end and inside, right, playing in the B-gaps. Spencer Brown, the Bills' third-round pick, offensive tackle out of Northern Iowa. What would cause him to fail? Well, first of all, I, I put down opportunity. He never gets a chance to play because Deion Dawkins and Daryl Williams are entrenched as the Bills' starting offensive tackles. And while I recognize that there is value to him being the swing tackle and potentially a utility blocker and tackle-eligible type player situationally, and knowing that you have a gifted backup, at least a guy with some physical tools, there's a chance that he just doesn't play. And maybe the Bills wind up moving on from Darrell Williams after this season or next, which they have the opportunity built into his contract to do, but opportunity could absolutely get in the way of Spencer Brown not succeeding as a Bills draft pick because he never gets a chance to play. The other thing that I have written down is that he has too much technical work and never gets everything figured out. I mean, Spencer Brown, for as physically gifted as he is, kind of a raw football player. He has great physical traits, but this was a tight end in eight-man football in high school. You know, Started for three years at Northern Iowa, but it's not like he's a polished guy coming into the NFL. So there's a chance that he just doesn't have an opportunity to play and that the technical side of the game is uh, just more than he can nail down in enough time for him to really make noise and and force the issue for playing time on the Bills' offensive line. The Bills' fifth-round pick, offensive tackle Tommy Doyle out of Miami of Ohio. I have three things written down for him. Number one, just like Spencer Brown, but even more complicated, is opportunity. I mean, there's a chance that he's just the Bills' fourth offensive tackle, never gets a chance to climb the depth chart. So you need a couple of things to happen here. Number one, you need the Bills to move on from Darrell Williams. You need Spencer Brown to become a sufficient replacement, and then there's your opportunity for Tommy Doyle to be the swing tackle. 
So opportunity could certainly get in the way of him being a successful draft pick. I also have the same thing written down that I did for Spencer Brown about the technical side of the game and that there's just a lot for him to work on and it never really materializes. And the last thing is that his lack of bend winds up limiting him. Both Spencer Brown and Tommy Doyle are really tall, six foot eight, massive, tall offensive tackles. Spencer Brown has a lot more bend and coordination than Tommy Doyle. And so not only does he have to adapt to the techniques that Bobby Johnson wants out of these blockers, but he's going to have to be able to bend at the, at the knees and, and sink his hips and leverage himself to be able to survive against these NFL pass rushers. So those three things could be the reason why Tommy Doyle fails. Six-round pick, wide receiver Marquez Stevenson. I have three things written down. One of them is injuries, which I only highlighted because it's been a problem for him in the past, which could take away from his opportunity. I know that we're not going to predict that he has injury problems in the NFL, but it's worth mentioning that it has been a problem for him in the past at Houston. The next thing I have down is that he doesn't provide enough value to the team outside of being a kick returner. And it would be nice if he had some experience as a punt returner, but I'm assuming there's a reason Houston never gave him chances to serve as the punt returner. It's not the same. Just because you can return kicks doesn't mean you can return punts. It's a completely different situation. Guys that can do both, like Andre Roberts, are very valuable. And I'd say it's more likely than not that the Bills have a different kick returner than punt returner this year. So if he can't do anything else besides be the kick returner, that's going to limit his value to the team. Because as a receiver, he's very interesting. He made some big plays down the field at Houston. He made some really nice plays with the ball in his hands at Houston, but he's pretty underdeveloped as a route runner. And at Houston, you know, he was just able to be faster than guys and take advantage of spacing in that air raid offense. So he's got a curve ahead of him. So that would be the reasons why Marquez Stevenson fails as a draft pick is because he winds up not being versatile enough and just has a long way to go as a receiver in a deep receiver depth chart. DeMar Hamlin, the Bills' sixth-round pick, safety out of Pittsburgh. I have two things down. Number one, that he doesn't have any top-tier trait to hang his hat on. So like Levi Wallace, he's going to have to rely on those smarts, those intangibles, that work ethic. And number two, that he doesn't prove able to be a special teams contributor. And as a third or a fourth safety for an NFL team, you got to play teams. And for as much game experience as DeMar Hamlin had at Pitt, didn't really play special teams. And I'm not going to assume he can in the NFL. I know that people like to just assume that guys can play special teams, but there is a level of skill required to sprint 70 yards down the field Avoid contact, get off contact, stay in a lane, break down, and tackle a returner that's extremely agile and exceptional at returning footballs. There's skill required to do that. There's a level of comfort that if you've never done that before, it's kind of hard to do at the highest level. So I never assume that a guy that really doesn't have a special teams pedigree can step in and play special teams even though they have the right demeanor and makeup, you still have to prove able to do it. I'm not saying DeMar Hamlin can't. 
But as I look at the path for him to not winding up being a meaningful part of the team, it's because he lacks any top traits and that he doesn't have a special team's resume to point to. Rashad Wild Goose, the Bill six-round pick, cornerback, Wisconsin. I don't have a whole lot written down for him, but the one thing I do have written down is pretty significant. I have that he's got limited experience coming out of college, and because of that, he never claims a role. So opportunity could be difficult for him, and he's not a refined player at this point. You know, the Bills, the path for for Wild Goose to make the roster is I think the Bills are going to have to keep six corners, and I'm not sure they're going to do that. I think they might only keep five, and that could put him on the Dane Jackson plan, which is okay. Practice squad, maybe get a chance to contribute here and there, have an opportunity in 2022 to do more, but there's a chance that that never materializes. So that's how he could not be a successful draft pick for the Bills. And the last one is Jack Anderson, seventh-round pick, offensive lineman from Texas Tech. Three things written down. Number one is that he doesn't provide versatility and is a guard only. I know there's already some rumblings that he's working at center, and that's going to be important because if he's a guard only, he's going to have a tough time sticking in the NFL. He has to prove he can snap. And I know he had a chance to do that at the Senior Bowl, and there were some mixed results with that. Number two is that he just doesn't have enough length. His arms come in at 31 and 5 eighth inches. I mean, that's sub 32-inch arms. That does not give you much margin for error as a blocker when you don't have that length. And then lastly, that he just gets lost in the numbers. You know, the Bills really value experienced backup linemen. So if he doesn't have versatility... That's going to be difficult to overcome. If he can't overcome his lack of length, that's going to be a problem. And then it just becomes a numbers issue where there's no place for him. So I think that's the path for Jack Anderson to fail. And I'll be honest, when you listen to that, it sounds kind of depressing. But at the end of the day, a lot of this is just technical work and opportunity. Those are things that take care of themselves a lot of times. The Bills obviously assembled this draft class with an understanding that they are going to have to develop a lot of these players when it comes to the technical side of the game. And Brandon Bean, in his pre-draft press conference, was not shy about doing that. He said they're not, you know, you have to look at what a guy can and can't do and what you can teach. And he mentioned pass rush moves and technique specifically in the pre-draft press conference. An opportunity, let's face it, it's the NFL. You're never fully set at any position. Guys get hurt. Things change all the time, quickly. Positions of strength become stressed really quick in the NFL. So I'm pretty comfortable with this. While it sounded pretty depressing working through it, because we literally were pointing out the reason why all eight of these players could fail for the Bills, the reasons why collectively honestly are pretty encouraging. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and the UFC. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. 
Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use our promo code Locked On. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Need to tell you guys about Built Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar ever. They have so many amazing flavors. Some of my favorites are the raspberry and the coconut almond. They're all delicious. They're all covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. It's like eating a candy bar, but it's good for you. Built Bars are great for anyone who is health conscious. Whether you want to lose weight, maintain weight, or just indulge in a delicious treat, you got to try Built Bars. They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and great for anyone on the keto diet. Got a deal for you? Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. So finally, the Buffalo Bills made their UDFA class official. Been waiting for this to happen so we could talk about these football players. And so let's work through them. I'm not going to go in-depth like I did for the Bills draft picks, but I want to at least get us familiar with these players and uh, some of my opinions of them as prospects Assuming you know they are players that I did evaluate, some of these guys I didn't evaluate, but I do have some surface-level knowledge of them. So let's start with the guys that I am familiar with. First up is Elijah Griffin, cornerback out of USC. I actually evaluated him, and he was ranked number 173 overall on my final big board for the 2021 NFL Draft. 5'11", 176 pounds, so he's pretty lean. 31 and 7 eighth-inch arms. A below-average athlete, so he's lean, and he's not a great athlete in terms of being dynamic for a cornerback. Only started 15 games at USC, but when you watch his tape, you see some pretty intriguing man coverage skills. He's aggressive, he's got some good transitional quickness, and he's a competitive football player. And I'm sure by now you've heard that he's the son of Warren G., and his godfather is Willie McGinnis. But I thought this was a guy that was worth a day three draft pick, And I think it was a really good pickup for the Bills on the UDFA side of things. They also acquired safety Tariq Thompson out of San Diego State University, ranked 198 overall on my final big board. He comes in at 5'10", almost 5'11", 204 pounds, 30 and a half inch arms. Thompson is a very good football player. He's just a very, very underwhelming athlete for the position. Smart. 47 starts at San Diego State, very productive, 35 pass breakups, 12 interceptions, six forced fumbles, 12 and a half tackles for loss, always around the football, always where he's supposed to be, made plenty of splash plays for San Diego State. He's just limited. And so I'm not expecting him to have a meaningful NFL career, but he's one of those guys you just don't want to rule out. Kind of like Jaquan Johnson, maybe a bigger and equally bad of an athlete is Jaquan Johnson. Um, there's just a lot to like, but you're you're just always wishing he was more dynamic in terms of athleticism. Uh, cornerback Nick McLeod out of Notre Dame, six foot, one ninety three, thirty one and three eighth inch arms. Um, his first four seasons in college, he spent at NC State, which I've spent a lot of time around that program and was real familiar with him when he was with the Wolfpack. Thought he was an okay college cornerback for them. Then he winds up transferring to Notre Dame. And uh, across his career, 31 starts. He had 32 pass breakups, four interceptions, 
a sufficient athlete. He's definitely not below average. He's a very competitive player, a good tackler, has some ability in press coverage. He's overall a very physical player. But when it comes to his coverage skills, he's very grabby, and he doesn't play with athletic confidence. Very sloppy footwork, and he gives up a fair amount of separation. So not expecting much. I thought he was an okay college corner, but he's at least got some decent size and athleticism and aggressiveness and physicality. The Bills also signed tight end Quentin Morris out of Bowling Green. Six foot two, 243, 33 and an eighth inch arms. 29 game starter for Bowling Green was pretty productive. 125 catches, 1,529 yards, 13 touchdowns. He actually led the team in receiving in 2019 and 2020. He's overall a pretty good athlete. Obviously, he doesn't have great size for a tight end. And I don't think he's a very natural wide receiver or like receiving talent. I know he's a tight end. 13 drops over the last two seasons. His drop rate in 2020 was 26%. I mean, that's terrible. And his drop rate for his career is 12.7%. He's more of an F tight end, a move piece. You're not going to line him up attached to the formation. Kind of a guy that's going to be in the backfield, flexed out, more of an H-back type player. I think his role on the team is to provide competition for Reggie Gilliam as that same similar type of player, but I don't think he's nearly as polished as, as Gilliam. Uh, offensive lineman Cyrus Tuatelli out of Fresno State, an offensive tackle, six foot five, three hundred and eleven pounds, thirty-two and a half inch arms, below average athlete, twenty-six game starter for Fresno State, all at right tackle. I know he's the cousin of AJ Epinesa. Did not study him, very much not familiar with Tuatelli. And the last guy is Trey Walker, wide receiver out of San Jose State. Does not have great size, and he's a very poor athlete. 5'11", 178, 30 and 5'8 inch arms. Ran a 4'5", 840, 28-inch vertical. I mean, that's that's an okay offensive line jump. 9'5", broad jump, a 4'4'7", short shuttle, and a 7'7'5", 3-cone. I mean, this guy tested like an offensive lineman, and he's a 5'11", 178-pound wide receiver. I will say he was very productive at San Jose State. 189 catches, 2,788 yards, 12 touchdowns across four seasons. He led the team in receiving in 2018 and 2019. He was second on the team in 2020. So, Overall, a small UDFA class, which we kind of expected after Brandon Bean said that he literally traded down because agents were telling him that his clients really didn't want to go to the Bills because there wasn't much opportunity to make that roster. So I think coming away with Griffin and Thompson is really good, all things considered. And I had draftable grades on Griffin and Thompson. So there's a chance that you know maybe a couple of these guys can make the practice squad. But Overall, my expectations are pretty low for this group, but I think all things considered, to be able to get Griffin and Thompson, I think that is the redeeming uh, pair of signings when it comes to the Bills' UDFA class. RockAuto.com is a family business that's been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your car or truck and choose the brand, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. 
Why would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Make sure you write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. They have amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need over at rockauto.com. By now, you should know that we are running a contest this month on the podcast. And in case you are new to this, let me explain what's going on. Throughout the month of May, you're going to have the chance to win the Buffalo Bills jersey of your choice. And the way you do that is there's going to be 21 episodes of Locked On Bills in the month of May. I have a nine-word sentence that I will periodically drop the next word of throughout the course of the month. After I've delivered all nine words, you will have the full sentence. And when you have it, send an email to joe at thedraftnetwork.com with the full sentence correctly written, and you will be entered into a drawing, and the winner will receive the Bills jersey of their choice. I release the first word on Monday, May 3rd, and the last word is coming on May 27th. The other seven words will be released at random throughout the month, so you'll need to keep track of the word so that you can correctly submit the sentence and be entered in the drawing. I'm going to do the drawing on Instagram Live on June 2nd, which is my birthday. So you will have from May 27th after the episode is published and the last word is delivered until June 1st at 10 p.m. Eastern time to send me an email with the full sentence to be entered and the drawing will be done live on my Instagram. You can follow me on Instagram. My handle is the underscore Joe Marino. The idea here is to have some fun with the most loyal listeners that tune in daily. So hit me up with uh, any questions that you have on Twitter or email. And the fifth word, the fifth word of the sentence is was, was, W-A-S, was. The fifth word is was. All right, so the Bills signed three veterans, if you want to call them that, three guys that are not rookies to one-year contracts, and they also had four different guys in, well, I guess five, they signed one of them to a contract. Uh, as tryout players. And so I want to detail these players very quickly before we get out of here today. Uh, signed to a one-year deal, offensive lineman Steven Gonzalez, 24-year-old UDFA from 2020 out of Penn State. He was a two-year starter at Penn State at left guard and appeared in 50 total games for the Nittany Lions. He was originally with the Cardinals as UDFA, but he was waived coming out of training camp and never got another chance. Here he is with the Bills on a one-year deal. We'll see if he can make the team. Linebacker Mike Bell was also signed to a one-year deal. He should be a familiar name to you because this is his third stint with the team. He was around in 2019 as a safety, came back in 2020 as a linebacker, and um, now he's back again for another opportunity to compete and uh, see if he can claim a role, maybe on the active roster, maybe on the practice squad. But he has been signed to a one-year deal. Now, the tryout player that they signed to a one-year deal is linebacker Joe Giles Harris, UDFA in 2019 out of Duke, three-year starter for the Blue Devils. He was really productive. He was a good football player for Duke. I watched him a ton, 313 tackles, 32.5 tackles for loss, 8.5 sacks, two interceptions, eight pass breakups in three seasons as a starter. He's six foot two, 235, physical downhill player. Uh, just a below-average athlete. Um, he played the last two seasons in the NFL for the Jaguars. He was on their roster, and he played a good amount of the special teams 
snaps. So he's pretty interesting to me. I don't know that he'll make the team, but he's a NFL player that's been on a team the last two years, had a good college career, and um, is kind of that type of player, that tough, gritty guy that you kind of feel like Sean McDermott's going to like. So we'll see if he can compete for a practice squad role, but he obviously made an impression as a tryout player. Uh, he's now under contract with the team. Now, speaking of the tryout players, now these these guys are interesting. There's there's three like NFL players on this, three, uh, two of them that were drafted fairly high. One that wasn't is actually rookie quarterback Zach Smith. Uh, didn't get drafted, didn't get signed as a UDFA, but he was a tryout quarterback for the Bills. And I did a full evaluation on Zach Smith because he's in my region for the draft network. And so I want to tell you about what I thought about him after evaluating him. I'll tell you this, I did not have a draftable grade on Zach Smith, so I'm unsurprised to see him go undrafted and uh, be a tryout player. But here's the summary of my scouting report on Zach Smith. I said, Zach Smith's career started at Baylor, where he played for two seasons before transferring to Tulsa. He was given the opportunity to start games at both schools. He had his share of ups and downs. Smith's best qualities are his size, arm strength, and toughness. He has the build of an NFL quarterback and has the arm strength to challenge tight windows and push the ball down the field. He's a tough football player that has taken his share of hits but keeps battling and has played through injuries. With that said, Smith's performances on the field have been erratic. He struggles with accuracy, handling pressure, decision-making, and he has a troubling amount of interceptions and fumbles under his belt. He doesn't consistently work progressions or hit throws with anticipation and he lacks the mobility to make things happen off script. Smith is a low-end developmental quarterback that faces an uphill battle to stick at the next level. So he's the tryout guy. We'll see. But uh, obviously, you can tell I was quite underwhelmed with my evaluation. Now, these other three players are interesting. These are like rosterable NFL players. The first one, defensive tackle, Nas Jones, third-round pick of the Seattle Seahawks in 2017. Uh, He played his college ball at North Carolina. As a rookie in 2017, he played in 11 games with two starts. In 2018, he kind of fell out of favor, only played in nine games, and then he was on injured reserve for the 2019 season, and nobody signed him for 2020. So he's looking to kind of get back into things, but former third-round pick not that long ago and commanded playing time as a rookie for a good Seattle Seahawks football team. The Bills also tried out another defensive tackle. Eddie Vander does a third-round pick in 2017 out of UCLA by the Oakland Raiders at the time. Six foot three, 315 pounds. He was a really good college football player um, and actually claimed a role for the Raiders in 2017. Played in all 16 games with 13 starts as a rookie. He tore his ACL the very last game of his rookie season that kept him out of the 2018 campaign completely. And then in 2019, he didn't make the team. He was waived just prior to the season, and he was signed by the Houston Texans and played in three games for them. And then he opted out of the 2020 season. So he actually had a torn ACL as well in 2015 at UCLA. And so injuries have definitely derailed him, but he's got some fun tape if you go back and watch him at UCLA. I really liked him coming out of that 2017 draft, and obviously his NFL career hasn't really come together, but for a tryout player at this point in the offseason, he's at least interesting. So the Bills tried out two pretty reasonable defensive tackles, guys that were fairly high picks not that long ago, 
And if for nothing else, they gain some familiarity with players that they may need to call down the line if they wind up having some injuries or guys aren't working out that they expected more from and they need to churn the bottom of the roster, they've at least familiarized themselves with Nas Jones and Eddie Vanderdose. The last guy uh, that they tried out is wide receiver Isaiah Ford, seventh-round pick of the Miami Dolphins in 2017 out of Virginia Tech. He was really, really productive for the Okies, over 1,000 yards in each of his last two seasons. He missed his rookie season with a knee injury. Then in 2018, he was on the practice squad. In 2019, he played in eight games for the Dolphins, caught 23 passes for 244 yards. And then in 2020, he played in 10 games for the Dolphins, caught 28 passes for 276 yards. And actually, there was a point in time last year where he was traded to the Patriots. Like on November 5th, he was traded to the Patriots, and then he was cut early December and found his way back to the Miami Dolphins and finished out the year um, with Miami. So a guy that's been basically on the Dolphins since 2017, he earned a tryout opportunity with the Buffalo Bills. So there you have it. We covered a lot today. We talked about why each Bills draft pick could fail. We covered the UDFA class. We talked about three players that the Bills signed, the tryout players. And so I feel like we're finally up to speed here on all the recent transactions and players that have been brought into the facility. So I hope you feel caught up as well. I certainly do. I, I You, you kind of sit on this stuff and you need to get to it. And I'm glad we finally did. And obviously I wanted to get the Zach Moss interview in yesterday. So it kind of threw off our schedule a little bit, but uh, we are officially caught up. Tomorrow is going to be herd mentality on the podcast. And then, like I said, later in the week, we're going to start really comparing the bills to the rest of the AFC East. So you have a lot to look forward to. Make sure that you're subscribed, rate, review, and share the podcast. And I look forward to catching up with you again tomorrow.